Yo, you just tuned into the you just tuned into the Fifth and Hell TV show. You with your host, Constantine. Now my next guest, um, his name is Cody Woods. You probably you probably seen him on Comedy Central and um on Heart of the City and uh, a lot of other places. He is definitely a new upcoming a new up and coming comedian. But it's not going to be on Facebook Live, though. It's not going to be on Facebook Live. The reason why I'm on Facebook Live is actually I want to give y'all something before I actually jump into my interview as I'm actually, you know, doing my little thing. Hold up. Hold up. And right after this interview, I am going to be premiering a Tweezy G a new music video, Rock and Roll. It was shot by Dizzy Dot. Of course, it was shot. By Dizzy Dot. He's the fucking man. And he's the fucking man running around town uh, in Albany with that damn camera just live. Actually, matter of fact, matter of fact, let me bring him on the camera real quick. Let me bring him on the camera. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, let me bring him on the camera real quick. Uh, what's, what's up, Dizzy? Yeah. I'm at work, Brody. What's oh, good? Oh, work? oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, bro. I just you, nah, you, you good. I'm good for a little minute, brother. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I just want to, you know, I just wanted to show some love to you, man. And you know what I'm saying? You know, wish you, you know, a bottle of hair grease. You know how that go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And I want you to, you know, promote your, you know, promote your brand and everything. You know how that's going. Everything is good money, bro, you know. That's good. Shooting and moving. That's about it, bro. That's good. That's good. All right, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to let you get back. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm going to let you get back. You know what I'm saying? I got the interview with Cody Woods in a little bit. I'm going to let you get back to, you know, but, you know, make sure you holler at me, dog. All right, bro. Definitely. All right, bro. Peace. Peace, buddy. All right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was Dizzy Dot, but, you know what I'm saying? But before my interview, hold on, with Cody Woods, hold on, hold on. Let me add Cody. Let me let me add Cody real quick. Cody, Cody, Cody. Hold on, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hey, what's, up, what's good, Cody? Hold on. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm in the midst of uh, I'm in the mix of uh, the sponsoring right now. Hold on. Uh, so Derek, uh, oh Derek Blocker. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you want to give us the word of the day uh, before I get into right. this interview? Good evening. Good evening, peoples. Um, I'm always willing to, you know share some light on some proof so the word of the day i picked was hope right and i picked it because of this thing that's going on in my life right and i figure right that if we was to really take and look back on ourselves because hope come with introspect right because uh -huh. you know we want stuff right but sometimes we don't want to do the work and a lot of times it's because we don't know where to look at it so i figure if you give somebody a hope shot right if you let a person know that they they are eligible too right that they have the opportunity to do all the things that other people have or they see other people doing, right? Then, you know, that might just encourage them a little bit. So I'm going to share a little something real quick, right? And and, 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 and what I'm going to share is to show you what I mean about the Hope Shot. So, right, like I'm 55 years old, right? I ain't no young cat. I ain't no old cat, but, you know, I'm 55, right? Um. Y'all might have heard my interview with the brother, right? So, you know, you heard some of the things going on in my life. Well, part of that probably what didn't make it into the interview was I never had a driver's license, right? I owed a whole bunch of money in child support, right? And, you know, in New York State, you know, you, you owe child support, you can't drive, you know? And, you know, that was part of my five-year plan. Well, listen, I'm going to knock off the child support. I'm going to go get me a license. Well, some things happened. Right? You know, I, I just kept focused. I, I made a plan, I kept focused, and I kept some hope, you know? But I knew what hope come work. You gotta do some stuff, and it ain't by osmosis, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I was able to pay off my child support, right? Mm -hmm. A year early, four years earlier, right? And, you know, I went and got my driver's license today, you know what I'm saying? At 55. So, and I say that because, you know, a lot of people get it at 16 or something, 17, 18, 20, you know what I mean? So the hope shot is, if you just keep striving, then you'll be able to do some things. You just ask what you want to do, you, you fight for it, and you'll get it. And with that, I'm out. All right, all right. Take a knee, take a bow. Take a knee, take a bow. 
take a knee, take a bow. Take a knee, take a bow. I'm the hottest in the world. Take a knee, take a bow. I'm the hottest in the world. Take a knee, take a bow. 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 So, Cody. What's up, man? What's up, bro? Oh, I'm enjoying this pandemic is, uh, this <laughs> as guilty pandemic. as I am to say that. This has been amazing. I had that. I had that. <laughs> so, so, hold on, hold on. I mean, like, so, like, you know I did some research on you. You know yeah. I did some research on it. So, um, I want to start with the interview by saying I love your work. I love your work. You know what I'm saying? You are um, you're a very bold and courageous comic. And I give that to you. I want to give that to you. Oh, I appreciate right. it. <laughs> I yeah, I want to give you your roses. You know why? You know why you're on the Fifth and Hill TV show. So it's an honor to be here. And thank you. I appreciate it. Right. So, so with that being said, right. So, how did you grow up? Right. Yeah, I grew up uh, in Kansas. Like a lot of a lot of what uh, I talk about on stage, they think it happened in Oakland. I just started comedy in Oakland, California. Actually, everything that happened in my childhood was in Kansas. Mm. I grew up in a trailer park. Um, I was the only white kid in my school mm. most of the time because I, I went to whole, all kinds of different schools. Mm -hmm. um, my uh, it was basically a single mom home. My uh, my dad was a uh, big time drug dealing, alcoholic type guy. Right. on the street that guy was he's a mess and um and i don't know it just kind of gave me like a fighter attitude i think because i knew i wanted to do comedy when i was a kid i knew it immediately i was like i'm gonna do that i'm an adult yeah. this school is just a waste of time once i get through this i'm gonna start stand up and that's what i did and then so so okay so it's true so it's true that you wanted to be that the myth was that you wanted to be a comedian from the age of five yeah yeah immediately it was uh eddie murphy and jim carrey they were just like they were kings to me um and my dad was actually really funny which was interesting because like he would leave for a long time i wouldn't see him for weeks months whatever years but he could always come in the room and light up the room he was hilarious mm. so i kind of like uh out of like male role models funny was like a big deal to me for some reason so I wanted to be like a funny dude. And then when I saw Eddie Murphy and um, Jim Carrey, I was like, that's like the pinnacle of being a funny dude. You get paid to be a funny person. That, that's the best job in the world. So that's all I wanted to be. Uh, it was how I dealt with bullies. I tried being the funny guy saying shit that I probably should. Oh, by the way, I shouldn't be cussing, uh, saying stuff that I shouldn't be saying to him. It's okay. It's okay. okay. You, can, you, can, <laughs> hey, you can swear like a pirate. Ain't nobody right. gonna you. You good. You good. You know, right. Listen, listen, listen. When you come on the show, it's the Fifth and Hill TV show, okay? It, you know, it's, it, if now we on air and we ABC, that's a little bit different. They might bleep you out, might get fired, yeah. all type. You know what I'm saying? But it's the Fifth and Hill TV show. You okay? All right. That sounds good. <laughs> for sure. All right. I'll cuss like a pirate. <laughs> Our motherfucker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that that kind of it left a big impression on me. My uh, my childhood. I mean, it leaves a big impression on everybody. But like, I had just a particularly rough childhood, and then uh, kind of made me not scared to say things, just because I had to deal with the consequences when I was younger, saying stuff like I'd All either right. get jumped or whatever. And now I know the maximum problem that could happen if I say the wrong thing on stage. Right. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm ready for that consequence when I say stuff. Right. So, but usually, I mean, the stuff that I'm saying, it's not really, uh, it's not meant to be derogatory. It's just meant to be uncomfortable towards anybody that I'm talking about. It's just meant to be, I, I, I like to hop on uncomfortable truths and play with that. I like to mess with our inner humanity, which I think we're all flawed. Yeah, um, that's what I like to play with. And now a lot of people don't like that when they live a lie, which a lot of people do. They don't like that. They don't like confronting their inner humanity or the thoughts that they have that they don't want to admit they have. I like playing with that stuff. So that's deep. That's deep. That's deep because you want to know something. 
I really believe that 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 is the hardest thing to actually deal with, to actually look in the mirror and face yourself and accept yourself as a whole and equal. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, not a lot of people can do that. You know what I'm saying? And And the people that can't do that, you know, unfortunately, you know, are intimidated by the people who can do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. So, okay, so, okay, so, uh, so the rumors is right. So you, so you started comedy at the age of 17. At 17, yeah. I tried starting earlier. Okay. But uh, the comedy clubs wouldn't let me because I was too young. And then I'd moved to California where they were much more like liberal on that. And they're like, hey, yeah, you can perform if you're an artist. You can perform in this alcohol serving venue as long as you're on stage and then you leave. Because yeah. legally, you can actually do that. You could be a kid performing at a bar legally in California. So I did stand up for, how was that, five years of just <laughs> going into a bar on stage out. Like I wouldn't, I wasn't able to read the room, nothing. They were just like, hey, you're next. Come on, kid. And I would get on stage and I'd, I would have to figure out the room right there and then. Because I didn't get to watch any of the show. I don't know what's been said. I don't know how the crowd is. So... Uh, doing that uh, made me better, I think, a little faster. I had to read crowds a lot quicker. Okay, okay. Then, so, uh, so, I mean, so that would, okay. Now, okay, so now, right, okay, okay, so now, right, okay, you're 17, right? Right, okay, like, and you're at a bar, well, or you're at these bars, right? And you're doing your comedy, right? And now people are beginning to realize who Cody Woods is, right? So at this time, because it says in your Bible, right? It says that you're self-described as, as the white trash kid who grew up black. <laughs> and the whole funny thing is I can I can actually picture that. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I, uh, but my, my bad. I apologize. But it's just, it's just, it's just, okay, that's just like me. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I picture myself as a square. Because I am, I'm a square. But sometimes I just do gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, so what made you come out with that, with that, like, what made you describe, self-describe yourself as that? Well, that took years, though. I got to be fair because I wasn't, I, I was trash when I was 17 doing stand-up. You right. know, I, I sucked. Even if I got laughs, I still sucked because I wasn't talking about anything. Um. um I started to get better at digging deeper into myself years into it. I don't really know when I want to say maybe I think like eight years in, I started to figure stuff out about Mm -hmm. who I am and how to put it on stage. And then, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's like eight years in. Cause like comedy is a really, you learn to dig into yourself after years of doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what goes back to what we're saying is a lot of people don't know how to be honest with themselves because they've never self-analyzed for years the Mm -hmm. way a comedian has Mm -hmm. or any writer any creative person a lot of times they're just very introspective because they're they're digging for something because they want to sell something you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's monetary Mm -hmm. but you're still finding more of yourself because you're just trying to market that normal people don't have a reason to dig into themselves they they can just like you know shut the door on their subconscious and their the thoughts they have and their humanity, they, they can just pretend they're a person because they don't ever analyze who they really are because they don't have to. So, and I think that bothers some audiences, but you know, I'm at peace. I'm at peace for doing it this way. So that peace comes at a cost, but it's worth it. You know, I'd probably have more mainstream appeal if I didn't, uh, if I didn't do that, <laughs> but right. it feels better right. this way. But that, but that, but see, I mean, see, but the thing is though, is that that right there, like, you just, you literally just hit a jewel, and literally just threw us into the next question, which is, which is, how did the performing? Actually, no, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even gonna go into that. What I want to go into, I want to go into, how do you come about to roasting people? Because I saw, a, <laughs> I saw a couple of your roles. Like I saw a couple of your videos, and I even saw the one video where you uh, were the MMA fighter. Yeah. Like, and it was, it was, it was that, and it was another video with the cheating couple. Right. So, like, 
like, how did you feel before that? Like, like, how did you know that you was getting ready to start roasting? Uh, it's because when I'm on stage, I have ADD, right? It's pretty bad. Uh-huh. And I'm more comfortable thinking on the fly than I am of sticking to a routine because sticking to a routine is hard for me. Like I'll write a routine. I'll even write a routine of things to do throughout the day. I can't get them done because uh-huh. it's just too linear. I can't think that way. I'm always like sporadic. Uh-huh. So when I'm on stage, I'm actually kind of hoping for a distraction because it helps me. Uh, so like when there's a cheating couple in the front row and they admit it, I'm like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I don't have to like try to memorize material and bring up, you know, cause then it becomes artificial. Like it's not in the moment. The audience knows when it's in the moment and they love yeah. it more and I love it more. So I'm always looking for a distraction when someone heckles me. I'm actually, it, it's like the Bernie Mac bit where he's like, I wish a motherfucker would. That's how I feel up there. Right. I'm always like, Come on, motherfuckers, please, please right. say something or do something so I can be in the moment because that's my favorite. Right. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm excited and I'm a little bit more offensive, even though they started it. I wanted it. Mm. <laughs> I wanted it the whole time. Mm. Okay. I just pretend they started it. But really, I, I, I I'm waiting. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, gotten a fight as a kid where it's like. You wanted to fight that kid, but you had to wait for them to start. <laughs> That's what it was like. I can't wait to punch Jimmy in his face. Right. I just got to get him to, to fuck up first. <laughs> right. That's kind of my mentality up there. So, okay. I mean, okay. So, like, with that type of mentality, right? So, with that type of mentality, right, what was your first roast like? Like, what was your first heckle like? Oh, man. I don't remember the first... I re- well, the first successful one. I remember the first one that I failed at. Oh. I was like three years in, and I just couldn't think that fast on stage yet. And I was like 20 or 19, something like that. And this dude heckled me, and it was on a live stream. This is Live streams were like starting to come about, you know, and it was on some website. And uh, this dude heckled me. I just, I folded. <laughs> wow. You know, like I didn't start, you know, killing it. Like this is a developed skill um like as naturally funny or quick as anyone is stand up is a different level uh when it comes to that and so i sucked man like i folded i used to get heckled at um stanford university i used to run an open mic there i never attended stanford but when i was in california i was in the bay area this uh they did a bar show on the stanford campus and i would have to go up every week after the headliner that we booked and he's like a really high class headliner and i'm just an open micer And I'd have to have new material. And if I ever repeated a joke, the audience heard me last week and they would heckle me. So I had to like write a lot. And it's for Stanford kids. And so they're antisocial. They're bookworms. They're not uh, cathartic. They don't they're not loose. Mm. So you have to really work hard. And uh, and I would just man, I would eat a bag of dicks every time trying to (laughs) (laughs) trying trying to be quick up there. It took years, man. I would say like year eight is when my mind started to loosen up a little bit and just kind of roll with the punches. It's not like about, you know, my game plan. It's more like more really I'm reacting to you. Like I'm not trying to force my will. I'm trying to see what you bring to the table and I take what you leave open, if that makes sense. Right. Right. So what? Okay. So, okay. So now, right. Okay. So, so you're in the middle of your career, right? So, how did performing at all-star comedy competition come about? If- oh, yeah. That was uh, there's my home club. It's in the East Bay Area. I'm Los Angeles-based now, but I started comedy in the Bay Area. I have a lot of love for the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous club called Tommy T's. Mm-hmm. It's a particularly tough club because the demographics that show up, you got like the way the East Bay is. You got Oakland, right? Mm-hmm. So the hood could come in, but you also have north of that where all the rednecks come in. So they come in and then they're at this club. So you have this, then they have long tables. So you have a very, it's, it's extreme demographics in terms of spectrum on long tables, which means they're facing each other, like lunchroom tables. <laughs> so <laughs> they're not like looking at the stage. So you got to fight. You know, I even have a clip up there. I think that's where the clip is at Tommy T's. You'll notice there's still a lot of chatter, even if you're killing. 
people are talking or just say, oh, they're talking about the last joke or they're trying to get to know who's in front of them. It's a rough, rowdy room. But because I started there and then I got good there, that club recommended me for the competition. So and then it went well. And then uh, and then that was it, man. I thought that was actually going to put me over on some level. But you never know, man. (laughs) business <laughs> yeah 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 this industry yeah, yeah this industry yeah. yeah i mean like you would think you're going some one way and it, it puts you somewhere totally different i get yeah. it yeah yeah exactly it. so i mean that's when i started to realize like do this for myself do it in a way that i'm at peace because i might have to do this a long time before anything big happens so i might as well do something where i'm not like uh suffering as much yeah so do comedy the way i want to do it you know, and just enjoy it. If nothing happens, that's fine. You have to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, but tell you the truth, though, Cody. Like, I don't believe that. Like, I believe that you, you know, I like, like I really believe that you belong. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I feel like that. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like you belong somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that you gonna get your time. We'll I, see. You know, you know what? I'm just not going to let um, that thought own me because it used to. Yeah. And then you'll start performing for that outcome. Does yeah. that make sense? Like not even on stage. Like you'll just, you'll always be like, that'll be like your North star where it's like, Oh, I got to end up successful. But then your behavior gets allocated towards that. And really mm. you should just be like, have blinders on. Don't even look at, you know, your direction and just mm. do you mm. and allow everything to happen organically that's been hard over the years because you want to take control you get scared you're like man this i don't have a 401k i don't have <laughs> yeah right you, know, you start to really think right right right. and then people come out the blue and they they uh they uh like like some of your loved ones that come out the blue and be like um well uh, i hope that you got a backup plan and then you get even more scared like like yeah. what the like why you had to say that for like you see what's going on like you know i got it like but yeah. I, so I totally get it. I totally get it. But I really believe that you as the shishnet. I believe that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I believe that. So, okay. So, okay. So with that being said, right. Okay. So, well, you know, my question is right over here. So with that being said, right. I want you to tell me, right. How did the process of being on a heart in a city come about? Oh man, that was, uh, <laughs> that was crazy. So I did a show at a soul food restaurant in Oakland. <laughs> And who the hell is Jamarcus? That's what I Oh, man. Yeah, so Jamarcus is a culmination of all my bullies. I had much more. But I was like, you know what? The best the best uh, encompassing, because I can't go into all the details. I can't go into biographical. You know, it's still comedy. I got to do setup punch, setup punch. Right. But he represents, like, pretty much all the bullying I got, because it wasn't just from him. It was from everybody. If I wore the same clothes the same week, it's a problem from anybody uh and then acting scared like you don't want to fight that was a problem from everyone not just you know so but i wanted to i wanted to put a personification on it because um it makes it easier for the audience to digest the story when it's like one person they laugh at character because then they think oh i know someone like that you know because you know, even though Jamarcus is a real dude, he also has some qualities of the other bullies. So I put him in one and then now everybody knows, like, there's no way this doesn't have truth to it because we all know uh, Jamarcus who would talk shit and his Jordans, even though he's 400 pounds mm. and they're splitting sideways and <laughs> mm. you know, we all knew one. So, uh, but no, I had to deal with another dude named Marquel every day. He, he recently hit me up on Instagram because comedy has been doing a little better on the internet been having some views and he hit me up. He started liking all my photos and I was just, and he wants to be an actor in Atlanta. And I was just like, man, this like come full circle. Cause I used to have to like leave my books at, in my locker so I could run faster right. after we got off the bus. So, you know, it, it's nuts, but there's sometimes where I do like call out different people in my childhood just because i thought the bitterness was funny yeah like there's this girl i had a crush on and uh i don't say her name anymore because she eventually asked me like can you just stop (laughs) talking trash about me on stage Mm -hmm. but it used to kill and they liked it because it was just so detailed 
and real and bitter. It wasn't just like, you know how girls are in high school. I'm like, I'm naming names. <laughs> oh, so wow. I, I wanted that to be more interesting. I thought it'd be more interesting if a comedian is just having a mental breakdown on stage and, you know, holding grudges on people. Right, right. I think that's more interesting. So I was just doing that to, uh, to just play up this bitter character, but now I don't really do it. And plus I'm, I'm officially over it, you know, <laughs> so I can't keep faking pain that I don't have anymore. Right. So. Right. I, no, 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 no. I totally get you. Cause you know, I kind of got bullied when I was young. So, you know, cause I, like, I grew up a straight square, like a straight, like just, you know, like my mom, you know, my mom and my dad told me to go tell a teacher, but that shit didn't work, bro. No. <laughs> it, it didn't work. It, it's either fight or flight. And, you know, that's, yep. you know, you, you learn that, you learn that, you know, like it kind of the hard way. But like, mm -hmm. did you meet Kevin Hart in a, um, when you, when you, oh yeah, when I was doing that. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really answer that too well. Um, I nah, did meet him. Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I met him and he's a funny dude in person. His energy. Tell you what, I, I've been around a lot of famous people. But I got it when I saw uh, Kevin Hart. I was like, all right, this is why he's where he's at, because he's on a level of success that's like freakish, even compared to other successful people. He's one of the most successful comedians of all time. Uh, it's it's different for him. And I got it when I was around him because he's he doesn't stop. He has a different thing in his head. He's constantly on his phone. He was on his he was on set for his like 13th hour. And he was also running movie scripts in between the takes on that show. He's looking at movie scripts for what he's doing. And he's just but he's also still funny. So he's just multitasking. Boom. Riffing over here. And he had just so much energy. And I was like, fuck, that's what it takes. <laughs> I know I don't have energy like that. So I was like, so I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I'm still going to do stuff my way. But it made me realize the grind that that guy has. He's just built different, man. Like some people have that ethic and I don't even know if it's taught. I think it I think it has to be almost a mental illness. You know, like Michael Jordan's mentally ill. Right. If we're right. really going to bring it down. It's easy to act like, you know, oh, he's hard work. No, he's sick in his head. <laughs> he gets off on other people losing to him. It's not just, oh, I want a trophy. He likes you losing. He's sick. So right. I get that. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, right. I get it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. And so Kevin Hart is sick is what I'm saying. He's a sick man. <laughs> something happened it, i think it's napoleon what's right. going on with him because right. he has to be the biggest i have to be the biggest comedian the biggest actor biggest and it's because he's physically small and it bothered him most of his life <laughs> so that's a type of fuel that you can't create right, right, right. you need yet. trauma for that type of fuel you need you, you know need to, need to be traumatized <laughs> yeah he needs this. Like, it's not even like, oh, how bad do you want it? It's like, no, this dude needs this. Right, right. So, right. and I'm realizing I don't need shit. Right, right. Like, right. I don't need, that's not my mentality. I don't like having, uh, I don't like being under ownership of some bullshit desire. Because yeah. then I start being phony. Right. You know, um, like, like, not to call Kevin Hart phony, but like, he's, um, He's got to do what he's got to do to stay on top. Right. He has to do what he has to do. And I respect that because what does he do when he's on top? He helps other people mm. a lot. Mm. Probably more than anybody I've ever seen. So it's like, oh, thank God he's up top. Mm. So. Mm. And I like the way that you put that. Like, I like, like, you know, like, I like the fact, you know, I like the fact that you choose. I like the fact that you choose, like, you watch what you say. You literally watch what you say out your mouth. You know, when it comes to other people, even like even though you be heckling, even though you be destroying people and roasting, I like mm -hmm. I respect the fact that you watch, I you watch what you say out your mouth. I, I want to give. Oh yeah, appreciate yeah, because <laughs> I I really want to be based in truth, not based out of shock. Mm -hmm. So like you know, if I'm based out of shock, I could talk shit about someone and just be like, oh, I'm that guy that talks shit all the time. No, it's just like I. I'm honest and fearless. 
which means I should also be honestly nice and honestly, you know, like I think those qualities should all be together if you're truly an honest person. And, uh, you know, honest people should be really nice and they should be really bold. They should be doing all these things, but not uh, not someone who's like trying to be a badass or trying to be brave. They end up just fronting, you know, or talking shit or hating. Now, granted, I am still considered a hater, but not that bad anymore. I've, I've gotten better. So. First off, welcome to Jam City. Here you'll be able to build your online music connections. Creatives can upload directly to the platform and its playlists. One song service fee is $10 and $5 each if buying two or more. Your upload can be a show, podcast, anything, not just music. We also accept video content too. Apply to have your own playlist. This streaming site is fully monetized. Get paid for your content. Follow us on www.jams.city or at jams.city on Instagram. Join our neighborhood and start streaming today. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's okay. But I mean, but the thing is, is that well, what I want to know, what I want to know, is that do you have any credits of any movies? Yeah, I got like some. I mean, they're not that good. So, so <laughs> I mean, okay, so it's true. I mean, okay, so it's true about the um, about the I am about the IMDb. Oh, I didn't even know I had an IMDb up. Yeah, you sure do. It said Kobe right here. That's crazy. Hey, yeah. I, Are you I, sure I, it's not another dude? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I saw Cody Woods. I saw stand up. So I mean, that's crazy. You know, I yeah, I yeah, I really did some research on you, man. Bro, you did I, more research. I needed. Oh, you helped me out so much today. <laughs> I did not know. I, you you funny as hell, no, no, <laughs> I just you know like I just wanted to make sure, you know I just wanted to make sure that I um you know you know that I treated you you know like who you are Cody Woods, you know what I'm Appreciate saying it. you know I could I could have came on here you know freestyling like I did with oh D uh, delay you okay. uh, you well uh, delight but that didn't go too well. Like, <laughs> oh man, it you and know, research a does a lot. Yeah, yeah, like that was like in the beginning. That's like when I first started my t- my yeah. TV talk show and I started on Instagram, and and it just didn't go it didn't go too well because I was so nervous that I asked them about twenty questions and twenty questions in about ten minutes. Oh yeah, it was right. running up. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know how I even got you know how I even got in an interview is because. You know, I was on another platform and that kind of like pushed me. And then that's when COVID, like that's when the COVID and the quarantine came. Mm-hmm. And that's when I created the TV talk show. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. So, but, 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 um, my next question is this, right? Like, so what is the next move for Cody Woods, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, man. You like, know, where do you see yourself in the next, in the next like six months? Like in the next six months, like to a year, I, I see me. The thing that pops in my head is doing stand up again, mm. because I'm taking it. Like, I used to try to think about step five when really step one is in front of you, mm. and the amount of disappointments I've had. And like, like I said, you don't know what happens in this business. You might think that you got something you didn't. You know, uh, I don't really try to. I don't think about step five anymore because it's not going to be what you expect most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it is what you expect, it's only for a moment and you got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So I try to just look at one foot at a time. So my first thing is as soon as things open up, I'm just going to stand up and I'm going to try to knock off whatever rust I have due to mm-hmm. this pandemic. I have been getting on stage, but not like how I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Like I used to, man, not to brag, but I think I worked harder than any stand up at stand up because i was getting on stage a lot now granted they're also doing other stuff maybe they're writing a tv pilot or acting or whatever but i was 100 percent focused on stand-up and i was getting on stage so much per week um like hours and hours per week mm. i'm used to that workflow and i'm used to growing art- artistically at that level i want to go back to that first and then i'll figure out my pivot from there because i'm not it's not smart to focus on stand-up mm-hmm business-wise it's just not a it's not profitable uh networks don't like stand-up they don't draw a lot of attention uh the real one really making money is you and maybe an agent or something like you don't really feed an industry 
you know, the way like an actor would or a writer would, you know, so I need to branch out and do that stuff. But right now I'm just so insecure in my abilities at, at stand up. I want to get back to where I was. So that's step one. Just start doing, start headlining shows, take whatever shows I can. The rougher the shows, the better. Just get, just get baptized by fire. Get back on that stage. <laughs> it's a bad time. Okay, all right. See, I mean, I like that quote, you know what I'm saying, which brings me into my next question. My next question is this, right? If knowing, okay, knowing what type, like, okay, knowing what type of comedian that you are, right, and knowing where you came from and knowing where your mindset was at when you first started doing comedy, right, did, well, first started doing comedy, right, was it hard to adapt to the industry? Yeah. As a comedian. Like when the like see, like is a difference between being a comedian and then and then you take your first step into the industry and then it changes your whole periphery. Yeah, like, I uh, I still have nightmares about it to be real with you. <laughs> I really have nightmares too. Oh, it, it's haunting. Uh not as much anymore because I've, I've moved on mentally, but man, for years I had nightmares about that stuff mm. because, um, man, I worked so hard. I mean, I was homeless for a mm. while doing comedy just because I needed to cut the overhead and live out of my car just to make the gigs that I was getting pay for my bills. So really what I need to do is just delete my bills because this, this money was not nothing. Mm. But I knew that was the way to get better was to do more gigs. I noticed people with day jobs they were at a disadvantage because they couldn't hit the stage as much. Um, if I just lived out of my car, I could go anywhere in the country and just hit these mics, hit these stages. And that's what I did. And uh, so I worked extra hard at it that, and not a lot of people worked at that hard at that level. Some have, mm -hmm. they're there. And there's a couple of guys that worked even harder than me. Um, but I wasn't getting the reward that I thought. I thought like, if you work this hard, your reward should be this much. It's not how life works. It just isn't. You can overpay for what you get. So I've had this pattern of overpaying, overpaying my dues. Mm -hmm. And if that's just how it's going to be, that's fine. But it does drive me crazy. Like uh, industry basically told me the like, hey, we're not looking for your type. That's what they told me. Oh, shit. Yeah, they told me that. Um, they're like, you're just going to have a hard go at this. You can figure it out, what? but you're going to have to basically build yourself. You serious? Yeah. See, I mean, see, that's the thing. I mean, see, that's the thing about the industry. Like, see, the industry always pass on a lot of people. Um, they pass on a lot of people. And then when that person blow, they get a whole lot of labels or a whole lot of networks, nothing, you know, knocking at their door, you know, at once. So, yeah. You know, like I don't, you know, I don't exactly understand why the industry does that. Like that, that like that's in pop, like, like, but they're always missing great acts all, all of the time. Yeah. Like all of the, it, it never fails. Like you know how many people, like how many stories had, has like has it in in their resume that they've been turned down by, by numerous networks or they've been turned turned down. And like Lauren Hill, she 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 was torn. She she was torn. I mean, she she was turned down. Mm -hmm. Um, Kevin Hart, he people said no, 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 no to him. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like I don't understand why the industry is like that. Like yeah, <clears throat> well, all the things that uh, this is what I've noticed, and this is obviously just an opinion, mm -hmm. but all the things that could make it like that, whether mm -hmm. it's just ignorance, uh, laziness, agenda driven. Um, all that I've noticed all three of those factors and maybe more are in play. It's yeah. not just even one thing. So that's what it's like a perfect storm because you have some people in high power positions that don't know shit about standup. Mm. They're making big decisions. Like I was talking to the same lady that said that industry is not looking for me. And she said it in a nice way. Like, Hey, like I know you're running on this rat wheel right now. The reason why is because your type we're done with you. We, we can't and i was just going to be real they said you're a white guy we're not going to we're not going to be fucking with you anymore because <laughs> there's serious? a shift yeah yeah and because i'm also not the white guy that they want because they really like uh like the beta male type 
white guys uh, to be on, in comedy and stuff like that. Um, so I don't fit the mold of what they want to project as the white guy image because it's all politically related too. you know, they want to manufacture an image for people uh, when it comes to ethnicity. You know, a lot of times that's a good thing, but it also somebody gets fucked over. And so like right now it's me like I the industry knows who I am. They know that I'm a better comic than most or if all their roster that they have signed. But they know uh, what the networks want to portray at uh, for each type of person. You know, they want to bring these people up to get showcased more because they never were before. They want to uh, also negate stereotypes. So they want to, uh, you know, get certain people in certain roles to negate the stereotype. And then like, you know, white guys are bad guys a lot in movies, right? Because we're trying to flip that. You know, it's all manu- It's politically charged. Mm-hmm. So there's agenda driven, but there's also ignorance because the same lady that said that she didn't know what Def Comedy Jam was. Like I had mentioned Def Comedy Jam just out of talking about something, and then she's like, "What's that?" I was like, "You Ooh. don't know Def Comedy Jam? <laughs> like you're so powerful, and you don't know what the fuck Def Comedy Ooh. Jam is? Kill yourself." Anyway, they don't know uh, a lot of things, but they're also agenda driven. Um, so it's a perfect storm. Now, if you do what they want, there's a good chance you'll get vacuumed up. Like, I know what to say. I just know I won't be very good at saying it. So I'm like, all right, what's the point? I know what they want, though. I could say all the things that they want me to say on stage and portray myself in the way they want me to. But I I wouldn't be very good at it. So, I, you know, it's not like I'm above selling out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would suck at it. <laughs> Right, right. See, and I, I, I never understood that. I never understood that about the industry, Cody. I, I never understood that. I, 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 I never yeah. understood that. And you know, I've been in this, like I've been in the industry for about, about, about like I've been well, realistically, I've been in the industry since I was about sixteen. Mm. But like actively doing what I've been doing and um networking with the, the people who I've been net, networking with. I would say about four years, like four realistic years, you know, but it's just, um, you know, like it was great. You know, it was really great, you know, having you on my show, but I want to put you in a hot seat for a minute. All right. Yeah. This is the hot seat. Hold on, hold on. Hot seat. (laughs) 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 So, okay. So, um, so this is a hot seat question, right? So this hot seat could maybe potentially could be one of the hardest questions that you ever answered. Right? Oh, perfect. So, you know, that's what makes it a hot seat question. So, so I want to ask you, right? So did you ever get to that point where you felt like just giving up yeah. comedy at some point. The amount of times it's happened is insane mm. where you want to walk away. Like that's one of the things that people uh, will think at, Oh, you know, I bet at some point you might think about quitting. It's like, well, to be honest, if you're thinking like that, you haven't worked hard enough. You should be wanting to quit every three months. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like I've, there was a thing. Okay. So I, when I did heart of the city, uh, we're doing interviews and there's these comics from other cities. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, we're doing like a, not a TV interview, but we're doing, they're just doing like a, I don't know what you call it, but they interview before. So they look at your chemistry. They try to find little points to hit when they actually shoot an interview and stuff. So they asked me, like, have you thought about quitting? I was like, yeah, yeah. Like all the time. Like, <laughs> and then these other comics, I think they're out of Dallas or something. I don't know. I don't want to say probably not. I might be wrong. Uh, they said, oh, I've never thought about quitting. I love this shit. And I'm like, look, that doesn't make you more hardcore than me. Yeah, no, I don't. It just yeah. makes me more hardcore because I push my point, push myself to the point where I want to quit constantly. Right, right. So right. It, I think that's okay. That. Right. You you want to break. You want to push, push yourself to the point of breaking and try to do it as much as you can. Don't be destructive, but... You know, because I looked at these dudes' schedules, they they weren't. <laughs> Dude, I was playing some shitholes, man. What? 
like all the time for shit money and just just so that way i could get a new 10 minutes of material it was worth it and living in isolation and alone on the road just always doing that they weren't doing that but they're always the ones saying oh i love this shit i was like well then it hasn't kicked you in the balls yet yeah 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 you know so i I don't think like you're more hardcore just because you love something if anything if you if you've met quit in your head that means you're working at your maximum potential you just took you've taken enough l's to be like oh fuck this shit no keep going fuck this shit right (laughs) right right yeah yeah Yeah. i can relate that so right okay so no i'm sorry i was thinking on the board (laughs) (laughs) i I ain't got no it's just me so i gotta you know what i'm saying (laughs) okay so okay so i got a second hot seat question okay so okay so with that being said right so do you feel do you feel like you have to fight against the last material that you made mm-hmm. because, like do you always feel like you have to prove yourself to you or do you feel like you have to prove yourself to other comments in this here industry i you know what it's uh it's either prove myself to myself or other comics or audiences it doesn't like Sometimes I won't give a shit about the audience, so I can't rely on myself to use that as fuel. Because sometimes, <laughs> fuck the audience, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Right, right. right. So, and then <laughs> comics, where like the ultimate respect is honestly when you're loved by other comedians. Like ah, the, nothing beats that, man. That mm. that's a big deal to me. That might be number one. But then after a while, I've also been like, you know, fuck comics. I don't care. This is about me. And then sometimes I can't motivate myself. So then I have to re- go right back full circle to then the audiences. Like, no, I need to come up with new stuff because I was here last year. I'm doing the same old shit. I better write some new, you know, so it's I use it. You know, it's whatever fuel is available. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would, Since we're on that, like using fuel as motivation, there's been like this toxic shit, particularly like in hip hop, like Drake. He'd just he'd be like, oh, you know, my haters and my enemies, my frenemies, like using that as fuel for success. Mm-hmm. Don't that's so fucking unhealthy. It's insane. Yeah, it is. Like that's bad fuel. Like it's like uh, it'll be bad for your engine in the long term. But man, does your shit fire up when you use it? It starts mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> but you will uh, you'll collapse, man. Mm-hmm. And I did that for years trying to use grudges as fuel just because what I was going through was so hard that a grudge would push me over the edge, you know, like, Oh, that one time I got slighted. I don't use that as fuel anymore, mm-hmm. but if you are using it as fuel, try to figure out another fuel. And that's for anyone listening. Mm-hmm. You can't sustain on it. If I'm definitely the person to ask on this, I. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no, I'm going to use that as a promo. I ain't going to cut. I ain't cutting shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> for sure. So, okay. So with the third, with the third, a third, a third hot seat question. I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna get a little personal with this. So, and this, this right here may bring you to a picture of of whatever's in your imagination, right? So, with that being said, right, I'm gonna open the door. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, when you now, when you first came on the scene, right? as Cody was, right? And you was you was making that transition because, you know, the same Cody was that I saw, right? In the, what was it? The comedy, comedy, um, the all-star comedy competition, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't the same Cody that I saw, wasn't the same Cody that I saw in the heart of the city, right? Right. So when you first came on the scene and making that transition, the transition of being of being Cody JJ Woods, right? Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Like, 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 how did you feel? If you don't mind me asking, like, and how did they look at you when you first came? When you first just showed up, because it looked like you showed up out the blue. We'll keep it a bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I think I know what you mean. It, 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 they they've been different comics over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Well, 
one thing is developing and hopefully getting better, but even if I'm not getting better, it's an evolution. So I'm at least evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was trying to look at successes, just little wins, little victories here and there as you go along your way. Um, when I was looking at those, I had different motivations when I was younger. I had a totally different mentality. My act was different. It reflected it. I was about trying to get as many laughs as possible, you know, be brave and shocking and just try to just, just, uh, I don't know, outshine people. Like it was just a different motivation. It was a very young mid twenties, young or early twenties mentality. Just wasn't, I wasn't developed as a person yet, man. Honestly, once you're 28, your brain finally starts working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I believe that. Yeah. Um, think uh once i started going into myself now it's actually more empty it's more i don't feel anything like i'm not even looking for my impression on the crowd when i was younger i was thinking about my impression on the crowd you know like oh they're gonna think i'm so witty or so uh brave and funny but i I ain't fucking thinking about none of that now Mm -hmm. it's just about catharsis like just getting whatever's in letting it out Mm -hmm. And then seeing how they react and like, how am I going to keep this? How am I going to fix it if it's broken? Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be a thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's now I'm looking inward. I'm not like looking outward. I'm just like, all right, what else do I got? There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Um, That's it's different. It's introspective. I'm, I'm in my own world. I'm no longer in the audience's world or worrying about their world and how I'm looked at in their world. I'm not really worried about misinterpretation either because that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Man, you can be really clear on some shit and people still misinterpret you. So like, what's the point? Don't even that's worry true. about that. That's true. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. So, you're right. You, you're 100% right, Cody. And you want to know something? I'm really glad that I interviewed you. And I'm I, like, like, I really, like, I am so glad that I had this experience with you. You know, and I really believe that I, I really believe that you're going to be one of the great ones. I really believe I appreciate that. It. For real. Like, I'm not, you know, I ain't trying to, uh, you know, you know, because if you sucked, I would have been like, I don't know, bro. You, <laughs> you bugging, bro. <laughs> you know, you know, so, you know, because because the thing is, right, is that, right, the whole concept of the Fifth and Hill TV talk show, like the way that I formatted, I formatted you know, to, you know, to bring stars, you know, before they actually hit, to bring stars, you know, to actually pick their brain so other people would actually see them. You understand what I'm saying? Because you, you got a lot of people, you got a lot of people that come through this industry who don't never be noticed. Never don't, and, and never be noticed, you mm-hmm. know? And I feel like, you know, and I feel like, you know, I have that cosign to, you know, to, push somebody you know what i'm saying but you see but you you lit you was on the heart of the city you understand what i'm saying so hmm. but that you know even you know when i was when i'm talking in my city when i suddenly because I, originally i'm from Albany, new york and mm-hmm. i was i was i was introduced like yo this is this is cody Wood. Like, who, who is that i was like great y'all don't know him yet you understand what i'm saying so yeah that means i got i i got one you know what i'm saying and yo i'm really honored to have you on my show. Hey, it means a lot that you reached out, man. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. You and you, you're really good at what you do, man. I'm trying to be. What? <laughs> but but you want to know how, how I came how I came across you? Uh, yeah. What was the actual thing? You really want to know? How was that? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, was, I thought for a second I was maybe doing a show in Albany, which is upstate New York, is probably my favorite crowds in the country. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking, man, maybe we go back to that. Now I was now what wound up happening is that I was watching YouTube. I swear, mm-hmm. I swear. I was watching YouTube and I was watching Cat Williams. Okay. I was watching Cat Williams. I came across Cat Williams. Um, I came across who else was it? I came across Country Wayne. Okay. Um, and I came across I came across another comedian. And then that's when you came out the door. Okay. And I saw your link and I just clicked on your link and I said, hmm, 
Maybe I should interview him for my show. <laughs> I swear, I swear. Like I get, like I get stiff armed by a lot of people. I got stiff armed by by Antonio Tarver. Every time I write him, I'll be like, "Hey, yo, let me get you." He leave me on scene. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? So Lazy Bone told me hit hit up his uh hit up his uh manager. And you know what I'm saying? Mm. I couldn't get through. You know, but eventually right. I am going to get those things. You know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah, how man. You know it's going to take a lot of manual yeses, mm -hmm. but then they're going to see who you've worked with and they're going to be like, oh, okay. Mm. So just for now, it's just, it's, you're just going through an uphill thing right now, but it'll mm. flatten out mm -hmm. and then it'll go way easy and then it'll be another hill for some fucking reason. That's just how this is. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So with that being said, okay. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Oh man, just look me up on my YouTube because that's all I give a shit about now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't even care about Instagram anymore. Once I started getting YouTube checks, I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, my YouTube, Cody Woods, I, I plan on uploading a lot. I have, oh man, I wish I could show you. I have like 10 terabytes of footage. All okay. like I have 10 terabytes of the last two years of shows. Okay. I'm going to start uploading that. So if you guys want stand up and you're on a budget, AKA you can't afford nothing, I got free stuff for you. So subscribe to my uh, channel. I got tons coming. Okay. I'm just being lazy right now, to be okay. honest with you. This, this pandemic's been great. No, 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 no. It's okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's been a vacation on the low because even people ain't even showing up to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I've always wanted to stay put and just get a check. Yeah. Because uh, the past like few years, I've just been grinding hard traveling. Yeah. And this is what I needed. I was like, I was actually praying to God. I was like, is there a way that I could just be at home and get paid, but not do anything. Cause I need it. I just need a year of it. Right. That's all I need. And I'll go back to my shit. Right. And then it happened. I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I started it, but I was like, man, this is the best thing that could have happened to me. And it sucks because this has been the worst time for a lot of people. Yeah. And you yeah. can't really just be like, Hey, this year has been great. Cause you got to yeah. test out like, Hey, did right. something happen to you this year? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, isn't this been great? Oh, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. COVID been great to me on the low. I ain't gonna lie. It's been, yeah. Real talk. I didn't have a, I like, I didn't like, I, you know what? I ain't even going to say it. Let's just, you know, let's just, <laughs> the next, let's just go to the next segment, Cody. Right. I got you, bro. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, well, that's the interview, you know, so, you know, after these messages, we'll come back to, um, we'll come back to the testimonies on that note. I got you. Take a knee, take a bow. 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 I'm the hottest in the world. Take a knee, take a bow. I'm the hottest in the world. Take a knee, take a bow. 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 Yeah. Nice, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you funny. You got jokes. You got jokes. You already know what it is. Tweezy motherfucking J. Rock and roll. World premiere. It ain't a world premiere, but you already know what type of time I'm on. It's always a premiere when I drop that heat. <laughs> you already know what time it is. Gang shit. Shit. <laughs> Get a bag, I be getting to that dope cake. I stay away from niggas, the realest niggas be so fake. I'm over 
around, but be around. Not hard to locate. The squares can't fit in my circle. It ain't no space. They call me Twizzy motherfucking G. My name, oh wait. Niggas better come correct if they come my way. And if you ain't moving with me, then you in my way. And when the block hot, I be in my yay. And tricking on these dots is not the way. <laughs> J Rock left. <laughs> and, grave. and usually I got time, but not today. Twelve on my body, want me locked away. Swerving on these niggas in and out my lane. The Rico took the homies, not they homies. Shit is not the same. Never take your life for granted. This shit is not a game. Hustle on any and every block. That's what got us paid. Niggas ain't putting no pain. So they not with gang. Niggas got nuts for their pussy. If they don't let them hang, you got guns? Well, me too. You ain't said a thing. Pull it, I'ma let it bang. Move on to better things. I can't lose, nigga, cause I'm playing for the better team. Throwing up that letter B, won't let them get ahead of me. Bitches call me a dog, a different pedigree, I better be Dealing with niggas that's trying to level me Humble nigga, but the devil trying to put a spell on me I got a couple misdemeanors, never caught a felony If I don't tell niggas how I'm moving, they can't tell on me I be going off on these beats, walk on the melody Cool like Penelope, but these niggas try to derail me My high coming down, gotta put another L on me I got shot once, won't let them put another shell on me When old heads be dropping jewels, it be hella deep Niggas they envy, don't fall victim of the jealousy Every track of lyrical Workout, that shit excelling me. They catch me when I fall. My brothers, they never fell in me. The loyalty is real on a level niggas never be. You niggas lose like the bud I sell when ain't no scale with me. I be mad and still be laughing. Ain't no telling with me. Every day, new envy, no Gucci or Sally with me. I'm the captain of the boat. Nigga ain't no selling. Some niggas gone roll. Some niggas keep it a hundred. Other niggas a fold. Some niggas gone pop. Them niggas on go. Some niggas hit the block after whipping no stole. Some niggas gone rock. Some niggas gone roll. Some niggas keep it a hundred, other niggas a fool. Some niggas gone pop, them niggas all go. Some niggas hit the block after whipping over the stove. A lot of niggas say they'll ride with you and roll with you, but it's cause they rode you.